It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alrighty, welcome to the Celtics Lab Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I am Cameron Tevitabai coming to you live from Brookline, Massachusetts. I'm here with Dr. Justin Quinn. He's coming to you live from Mexico City. We're joined by the one and only Adam Taylor coming to you live from just outside of Birmingham in the UK and live from New York City. It's Alex Goldberg. Good, everybody. That was my riff on SNL, but I didn't want to get sued. Yeah, well. Anyways, okay. uh, Adam of USA Today fame, of heavy fame, of Celtics blog fame, um, of the internet fame. You are here to talk to us about a trickle of news that's going on with the Boston Celtics, but really you're here to help us sort who we think might be contenders, pretenders, uh, wannabes, and all of that in the Eastern Conference. Adam, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I've got to admit, the intro was probably one of the most professional intros I've heard in a long time. Super fast, super crisp. I'll give you the props. I've got to ask this as well because I've always wanted to know. Justin, what are you a doctor in? <laughs> Anthropology, strangely, which is uh, completely useless in this field. So, yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to know, man. I was like, it's first question, first time, chance I get a question on the show. I need to know what Justin's a doctor in. Alex, nice to meet you, buddy. Nice to meet you too, man. Hope all is well over on the other side of the Atlantic. It's never good here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I tried my best. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everything is chaos all the time, uh, everywhere, as it it seems. But the Celtics, things aren't that chaotic, but we'll start with the news anyways. Um, Since we last talked, Boston used one of its remaining roster spots they signed from the Ukraine, Svi, Mikhaly, Luke, something to that effect. Um, Close enough. We'll get it. We'll get there. Uh, He has played in the NBA. He's had six stops in the NBA with some G League stops and other things in between. He can play the two or three guard. Adam, any thoughts on the signing, uh, either what Sfeev does for the team or what it signals the priorities for Brad Stevens might be? Yeah, I think that it makes total sense when you've already added multiple non-shooting guys this summer. You've added Delano Banton. He's not he's not a shooter at all. O'Shea Brissett is more of a rim finisher of anything. And then Jordan Walsh, we don't really know if he's a three-point shooter yet. It's all well and good looking at what he did in the summer league, but... We should know by now that summer league dominance doesn't always translate. And I'm not saying that Walsh was dominant, but he performed well. So finding somebody that could come in and give you a couple of frees per game, especially on a team that when one guy went cold last year, everybody seemed to go cold. Just an extra guy to come off the bench and see one fall. So you can kind of crack that cold streak. Makes perfect sense to me. He's the 14th guy in the rotation. If he's playing big minutes, things went totally wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But it is our due diligence to talk about it anyways. Um, Alex or Justin, anything Adam missed? I mean, I think that was pretty concise. 
Yeah, pretty good. I mean, the only thing that I would really add is that I think of the heap of options that were available on the current free agent markets, Fee was among the best. Uh, you know, he's a pretty decent corner three-point shooter. Um, and he also has a little bit of sneaky off the bounce game that I think most people kind of don't really think about when they think about him. But that's a guy who can actually put it on the deck and score with some efficiency. Um, the big knock on speed is that uh, he cannot defend a paper plane, um, among other things. Um, but that's kind of what you're looking at uh, with players kind of in uh, the range that he's at. Um, and, you know, as Adam said, he's probably not going to be playing a tremendous amount. I do think he'll get some burn in the regular season. But he was at the top of my list of available guys that would not cost a lot of money. And uh, I think Brad Stevens is kind of right on the money with where he's looking there. Justin, really can anything? You... Yeah, well, ahead. I was going to say, can you confirm it's a partially guaranteed contract? I yeah, I believe Adam thing. Smith from SpotTrack had that. Uh, it, I think it's 200000 up until opening night. Then it goes to $1.2 million, then the full uh, minimum on the January guarantee date, if I have that right. Cool. And that's where we're at. Uh, the Boston Celtics have spent their money elsewhere. This dude is the 14th guy on the bench. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like uh, maybe I'll hit some threes, but uh, we're running out of runway here in the off season. Speaking of which, Adam Himmelsbeck over the Boston Globe had kind of a Kinjin Sink uh, piece that's worth checking out because a lot of it includes stories from Karen Russell, Bill Russell's uh Daughter, so daughter, granddaughter, daughter, daughter, daughter. Yeah, um, but among other things, uh, Adam had some nuggets about roster building. He basically said that Boston is not in a rush to use their final guaranteed slot. They also have a two-way slot, um, and that yes, I I want to point out I could be wrong about this because it's new, but my understanding is you don't get that third two-way slot unless you are carrying fifteen players. And then once you have oh. 15 players, if you somehow went down to 14 players, I think you can still keep the third two-way slot. Because J.D. Davidson is two-way. Yeah. And Scrub, Jay Jordan Scrub Walsh. Oh, Jay, Jay Scrub. Scrub. Yeah. Jay Scrub, who has the same birthday as me. So shout out to that guy. Um, anyways, so, okay, maybe they have a two-way slot. Let's not get our panties too in a twist over that one. They will have an open roster spot. And Adam, as the other Adam reported, Boston – might sit on their hands a little bit because you know other teams might have to make some cuts during the preseason and there's even been a suggestion that they would you know start the season with an open roster slot anything you know as summer turns to fall anything adam that you want boston to prioritize here not really i'm a big advocate of going into the season with that roster spot open Brad did it i'm pretty sure he did it last season um i'm pretty sure he, well maybe both seasons at this point because it just gives you that flexibility in season when you genuinely know what areas of need. At the moment, everything's theoretical. You don't know what position's really going to be weak or where you could do with that extra body until the season's rolling. Then you've got the options of waiting till closer to the trade deadline, players get waived. You can actually use the your traded player exceptions to pick guys up off the waiver wire. It's the only non-trade um situation you can do that so they can maybe try and bring someone in with that grant williams tpe or you can pick somebody up closer to the free agency market once you or sorry or you can make a trade and then bring back an extra body because you've got that roster spot open brad stevens entire tenure with boston in the front office has been all about flexibility keeping it open gives you that flexibility i'm all in wow. 
Okay, we have a list of names here that maybe Boston would consider, but truth be told, I probably agree with Adam. Um, Alex or Justin, for the sake of argument, are there any names uh, on our list or elsewhere that you think maybe Boston would uh, get a little itchy and sign someone sooner? Uh, I am kind of always been a sneaky fan of Georgie Deng just for like deep bench spots. He's, you know, pretty solid at just kind of mixing it up, getting rebounds and, you know, being a reasonably effective player for his role. He's also not cost a lot of money um, and he's a decent enough rim protector, but none of these guys really move me more than the flexibility of keeping that spot open, if I'm being honest. So they actually can, if they so desired, and none of the available options are better than uh, Luke Cornett. So I don't think his unguaranteed contract would be cut for any of the people who we might be talking about in terms of uh, Adam Hamill's back mentioned in the article that they might be looking, the Celtics might be looking at a free agent big man uh, as the only area that really, you know, depth could be better at for this team. But they could theoretically cut Delano Banton if they aren't happy with what they see from him. He only has a 200,000 guarantee. Uh, but this was gonna, this will have to happen, I think, uh, by opening night. So I think that might go up. I might be mistaken. I might be confusing that with someone else. But at any rate, if they did do something like that, I think I would want someone who is able to play but not necessarily going to gripe about it. Dan would be pretty interesting. Another guy I think would be pretty interesting is the other Hernan Gomez brother, Willie. Uh, his brother uh, famously played for the Celtics earlier. I think that Willie Hernan Gomez, uh, as opposed to Wancho, would be an interesting option, able to play some serious NBA minutes, uh, maybe even into the postseason in the earlier rounds, uh, just to kind of keep some legs fresh uh, without necessarily like getting antsy about having a bigger role with the team. All right, we're going to pause the action because it's time to get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older or present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus bets are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduelcom slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023, no refunds, terms and embargoes apply, $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV, YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV, redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment, commercial use excluded, subscription renews, cancel anytime. Okay, back to the podcast. If Willie Hernan oh. Gomez is playing in the postseason, then we are in a very bad spot. <laughs> probably not wrong. Don't we think Wancho hates the Celtics? Wasn't that, didn't he... He no, definitely didn't. Yeah. He, yeah, he, definitely. he didn't like the dynamics anyway. The bigger question is if he didn't go to Boston, does he get a role in Hustle? I yeah. think that's an accurate question. And I, I, I think the response is probably unlikely, but you never know. So he needs to love Boston because now he's a star outside of basketball with a genuine career prospect. 
Boston did have a different coach when he was on the team. So it's possible that uh, some other uh, issues came to light there, but we'll see. Adam, you created a great segue to talk about Blake Griffin, which we will do in the next moment. But I will say, I just, I love Bismack Biombo and he, he rolls to the rim a lot like Rob Williams and having a backup Rob Williams, as opposed to a Luke Cornett. And I love Luke Cornett is kind of intriguing to me, but um, Luke Cornett is also good at what he does and and fun. So we'll see what happens. Adam Himmelsbeck also reported that the Celtics would, uh, okay, pause the action. Do you, do you ever meet people who call them square scare quotes as opposed to air quotes? You call them, is that just for fun or is that a different? Well, they're two different things. Air quotes are, but what you're also referring there is those scare quotes, which is when you quote something, like but you're not quoting it like, this is really ugly, but it's really not ugly. Those are scare like scar- quotes. It's more like sarcastic. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Um, okay, well, you paid Adam, the big bucks for something. Yeah. Adam, this is the illuminating stuff you get here on the Celtics Hot Podcast. Um, anyways, I'm using quotes. I'm quoting Hamill's back. Boston would welcome, quote, uh, a return of Blake Griffin, but at the moment that seems, quote, unlikely. Adam, do you want him to bring back Blake? Do you think you have a spot for him elsewhere in the NBA? Would he retire? Yeah, I mean, if you were going to use that 15th spot and give up the flexibility, Blake's probably the best option because he's coming in with a great like rapport with everybody on the roster already. The Bus One boys are vibes that everybody needs all year round in anybody's life uh, outside of that he you know there's been games last season where Blake really shone and then there was games where he he was just invisible on the floor but that's what you get from your 15th guy and I'm okay with that in terms of locker room leadership somebody that genuinely wants to win if you want to use your 15th spot on that then fine but I wouldn't be heartbroken if he doesn't come back I just think that they need to be committed to staying flexible at that point rather than panicking and then picking up someone that's just not going to play at all like a cabin jelly obviously he's signed elsewhere now it's just an example yeah we've given our blake shtick a lot i think fans of the team really like blake from a basketball perspective it's probably wishy-washy either way um a few more pieces of news and then we will hop into the lab portion of the programming adam i'll stick with you keen listeners to the pod might pick up on the fact that you are not from the United States and you in fact are representative of the international community. Um, first of all, what's good with the UK's basketball team? You guys have one or what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I pay no attention to uh, the, the scene out here, man. I'm fo- so, fully, solely focused on NBA hoops and I might dabble with Euro hoops, but mainly like, I, I know that, I think Sochan is eligible to play for the UK. Oh, I thought um, he was French. No, he was born in the UK. He was definitely born here. And then um, OG is eligible too. So they could have a team. I'm just not very sure if they do. If they do, they're probably bad. What's Luol Deng doing these days? Uh, He's (laughs) floating great. He's floating the South uh, Sudan team. Um, my man Brian Windhorse had a great piece on that that I really recommend to people. That was really good. I, I co um, co on that. Uh, well, Adam, I was going to ask you: you watching FIBA at all? Yeah, I've watched some. I've watched some, mainly Team USA, um, because that's where the hoops are at. Canada, obviously, 
Latvia I was enjoying. I really like their ball movement, their cohesion as a unit. And then the Serbia, you, I mean, we you heard about the Serbian player that uh, unfortunately lost yeah, the kid, right? Yeah, uh, that was a such a, a scary thing to happen during a basketball game, and such a a random occurrence. But Serbia, up until that point, obviously were playing incredibly well as well. So I was enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, FIBA. Uh, I'm a teacher. I'm back at school. A little harder to watch <laughs> now that I'm not on summer break, but that's been so enjoyable. Um, I like Team USA a lot. I also like Team Canada. I think if we don't get them in the final, it'll be a disappointment. I don't know if it's... uh, Sorry, you go ahead. I don't know if it's possible for Team USA and Canada to meet in the final. I think they would meet in the semis. Uh, Okay, well then. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. I'm sorry, I'll give this out real quick so everyone else can talk. Uh, I think that Latvia's uh, situation has been really fun to follow, uh, particularly for a member of the Boston Celtics, who I think might be benefiting, actually, from not playing in more ways than one, and that the Celtics really need a big man, or anyone, really, who's going to be calling out what other players are doing, which is the only mm-hmm. thing that Kristaps Porzingis can do for the Latvian. Well, nothing now, because they're out, but the only thing he could have done for the Latvian national team when he was with them while they were playing. I am wrong, by the way. Uh, Canada yeah. and the U.S. would meet in the finals. I misread the bracket. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what's wild? Not one of us mentioned Slovenia. Uh, I'm sorry, Luca. Prove us wrong. Uh, <laughs> Slovenians, the best, the best player in the entire tournament, and no one's watching. It's terrible. There you go. This Alexander would like a word. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Um. While we're on the the global game, does anyone care about this beef? Uh, the gentleman from the U.S. who was at Track Worlds. Um. Sh- shoot, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Basically, Noah Lyles. Noah Lyles. Yep. I knew it was Lyles. I kept wanting to say Trey Lyles. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Basically, NBA on blast inadvertently at first, saying, "You know, you haven't won. You're not world champions of anything. Look at me. I'm a world champion." Uh, and then the NBA players took umbrage, and then it was a thing. Uh, Justin, you're in Mexico. Adam, you're in the UK. Uh, so the world is represented here. Does it matter? I mean, it doesn't matter, but the. You could definitely see the divide between American fans and non-American fans in the debate. I definitely sat on, on the side of non-American fans, where if you're a world champion, you play on a world level. Yeah. And, and that's not a disrespect saying that the best team isn't doesn't reside in the NBA, because it quite clearly does, right? But the, the way I kind of interpret world champions is either you play for a a country and your country is the world champion or you play in a league that plays against champions from other countries so yeah and even if even if it's a a 95 percent guarantee that an nba team is going to win because if it's a one game contest things happen teams lose people have bad games you have two guys on an nba team you put denver nuggets against real madrid and Jokic gets hurt or Jokic is has a really bad off night and Denver lose, they're still the best team in the world, but they're not world champions for the year. So I've always kind of lent on that. You're and it's called the National Basketball League, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. It is you know, it is tri-national with a G League team here and Canadian teams. But I have more to th- say, but Alex, you go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to take the counter perspective of I know at least one Boston Celtics player who can credibly claim to be a world champion in Jason Tatum and the big fat gold medal that is hanging around his chest, along with numerous other NBA players such as Kevin Durant and, you know, all sorts of other uh, fine NBA basketball players who are from the United States of America. So if we want to get jingoistic with it, I feel pretty comfortable saying there's a decent amount of NBA players who can credibly claim to be world champions. That's part of the fair, but Nik- Nikola Jokic isn't one of them. Maybe so. He just Not happens yet. to be the best basketball player in the world. There's also <laughs> some really mind. important <laughs> aspects about this whole counterfactual thing, because a lot of the details that would be the most important, and you touched on this a little bit, Adam, uh, how many games is it? What kind of rules is it? If it's FIBA rules, right? And we're talking about the rest of the world who plays FIBA rules and knows how to play FIBA rules. And if we're talking about people putting together a team uh, with players better suited for FIBA rules, for example, we've seen Team USA, even the, the Olympic Team USA struggle in the past because they don't know about the rules and they do stupid things like let the time expire because they don't realize they only have 14 seconds to shoot when the shot clock resets. And so when you mix in all these little things, plus the, shall we say, more fervent desire of a lot of these teams to beat the target rather than the, you know, being on the, the, the wrong side of history, shall we say, in terms of motivation. Uh, I do think that there is at least enough room that we have to shelve that and say, we don't actually know if the NBA would be in this unknown, unnamed tournament against unknown, unnamed teams. Probably, but not definitely. Okay, we're going to pause the action to talk about our friends over at AG1, the Daily Foundational Nutrition Supplement designed to support whole body health. I gave AG1 a try this summer, actually, and uh, I'm giving it more of a serious uh, go at exercising. And so I thought, you know, I better do the right things away from workouts. So in between, you know, games of basketball and going for runs, I got to take care of my body. And AG1 is a solution that supports my entire body every day. And I feel like I'm covering my nutritional bases. It's also not the point of the ad read and it's not in the copy but it comes uh with a nice water bottle that i use in between ag1 sessions how's that um i like it it supports my gut it supports my immune system that leaves me feeling more energized it's also easier than taking a bunch of vitamins and pills which is not something that i am capable of keeping track of or really would want to also it tastes good for whatever that's worth Um, i think people assume health supplements are supposed to taste bad but that the people at ag1 did not get the memo because it tastes pretty good so over the summer, I didn't have that much routine, but now that I'm back, I'm taking it every morning. I feel good. I feel energized. I feel like I'm doing the right thing for me and taking care of my body. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash lab, L-A-B. That's drinkag1.com slash lab and check it out. Okay, back to the podcast. I'd love to see a true like team-based basketball World Cup in which the best teams from every league compete in an international tournament, but I have my suspicions of who would win. Same. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I'd say 98%, 90, between 95 and 98% of the time an American team is going to win, but those that 2% that two times out of every hundred years when they don't, that's going to be what keeps that discussion alive. Fair enough. 
I think the modern nation state is an outdated construct. How's that? Okay, let's hop into the lab portion of the programming. And let's talk about the Eastern Conference, which is a thing, uh, also a construct of a sort. Um, we're going to gamify it a little bit, but basically we're just going to preview what we think is good with the Eastern Conference in this upcoming season. Dr. Quinn, lay us down uh, with some rules, please. Nothing too complicated. We're just going to go through each of the teams in the Eastern Conference in alphabetical order and decide whether or not we think they are contenders, pretenders, playoff clubs, playing teams, bad but could get better, in the tank, or to be determined. So you notice that there's both bad but could get better. That's a bad team that can make a move reasonably to get better, obviously. TBD is more like, say, if a certain West Coast team were to send one of their players to the East. Mm. Can, I, can I make a possible suggestion? Um, sure. My suggestion might be uh, screw the TBD category. Let's make people make choices with the rosters that they have, and we'll change them if they change. <laughs> I'm not opposed. How do we feel? Sure. While we're setting the rules, I suspect playoff clubs and pretenders is going to there's a is going to end up being pretty similar, but we will see. Okay, uh, so we're looking at the Eastern Conference with Adam Taylor. We're talking about contenders. Pretenders. Let's make the pretenders any way you want to stretch it. They could theoretically get to contenders, but aren't quite there. You mean the Philadelphia 76ers? <laughs> um, so we've got contenders. We've got pretenders. We've got good, hardy playoff teams. they got play-in teams. Bad, but trending up or in the tank. And um, I think those are self-explanatory. So we're going to go in alphabetical order, so we're not playing favorites. Adam. I'll go to you first. Are the Atlanta Hawks contenders, pretenders, just happy to be in the playoffs, a play-in team at best, bad but getting better, or in the tank? Just happen to be in the playoffs. Do you want to elaborate? <laughs> I didn't know if we were just listing them and moving <laughs> on. Uh, honestly, I just don't think that, you know, I think Quinn Schneider is going to do a good job there. I think that we're going to see some improvements. I don't think they massively improved during the offseason. I'm not sold on whether the DeJounte Murray Trey Young partnership is working the way Atlanta envisioned it. The whole idea was to have DeJounte be the defensive guy to take the pressure off of Trey. And they've ended up being this one, two dribble drive punch that really isolate the rest of their rotation um, out of the, like just out of the game for stretches. And that's just not conducive to high level winning basketball. So to me, they'll make the playoffs, but I don't see them being a deep playoff team. Uh, I'll just hop in and say I think that's a perfect read. I'm inclined to agree. They have some interesting pieces. They could make a cool trade, but as presently constructed, I am in agreement. Uh, Alex or Justin, either of you don't have them as you know a solid playoff team, but nothing more, nothing less. I actually am going to swing the opposite way. I I am a little bullish on this Hawks team. I think that Quinn Snyder um seemed to really turn them around in a meaningful way. Uh, heading towards the end of last season, they didn't really have the time to establish that level of consistency. But the Hawks that went into the playoffs were a lot better than the Hawks that kind of uh, got the season started. I still have my reservations about Trey Young as your lead guy, for sure. 
But I think that overall, um, the depth and the kind of firepower of this team really shone through in that first round playoff series against Boston. And it has me feeling a little better about Atlanta heading into this season. So I would have them in the pretender tier. I think it would take a lot of things going their way, but I could, you know, teams make the Eastern Conference finals all the time. There's definitely a world in which the Atlanta Hawks get hot for a few weeks and the right teams get injured and suddenly they're right back there. So I'm I'm having them in the in the uh, pretenders category. I think they finished fifth or sixth, which makes them a playoff club. Uh, that's all I got to say. Cool. Love it. Um, let's do this. We'll go to Alex first on Brooklyn. Alex gets the longest... Uh, monologue and then anyone else who follows but we're up. going in alphabetical order oh well anyone gonna not hey this is a celtics Lab podcast anyone not have the boston celtics as contenders boston celtics are firmly contenders in the eastern conference done okay Brooklyn. <laughs> also not because we're homers but because they have you know they're, an all nba two all NBA players they're yeah. gonna win like 50 games unless somebody gets hurt at a minimum um okay Brooklyn, yeah. go Oh, the Brooklyn, uh, live from Brooklyn. Alex. Live, live from Brooklyn. Uh, here, uh, you know, in the city where uh, the team with the in the Barclays Center. There's two teams in the Barclays Center, and one of them is very good, uh, and that would be the New York Liberty, and the other one is not so much. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I am in. You know. I think they're in the bad but could get better category. I really did not like a lot of what I saw out of Brooklyn towards the end of last year. I'm not particularly inspired by Jacques Vaughn as a head coach as much as I think he's a good guy who was kind of put in an impossible situation. I also have no fucking clue who's going to score the ball on this team, frankly. Uh, I think Mikhail Bridges is going to be asked to do a ton of heavy lifting on offense and that is a guy who is primarily known for being a really good defensive wing player i could be wrong but i really don't see uh brooklyn in line for a great season which is fine because they have a ton of draft assets they have a ton of guys that they can trade to get better um i don't think they're going to be like truly wretched bottom of the barrel in the tank but i i have a hard time seeing this team making the playoffs all right uh adam where do you have the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I agree with Alex quite heavily here. I think the only additional thing I'd say is, and we've heard this for multiple years on multiple teams now, Ben Simmons is the swing factor here. If Ben Simmons realizes that he was a good basketball player for a while, and you know he's a two-way guy and all an all-defensive caliber guy that can one of the best passing players in the entire NBA, all of a sudden maybe. Brooklyn move up into the the playoff clubs or the pretenders, but I don't have faith in that happening at all. Dr. Quinn? Uh, I'm a big believer in the addition of Cam Johnson, so I think they're going to be a little bit better than that, but just barely. I think they're going to be one of the last play-in teams, so I have them as a play-in team. Yeah, just by process of elimination, I mean, they're going to play the Rockets two times, they're going to play Charlotte four times, they're going to play the bad teams enough that they can probably tread water and become a play-in team or even a playoff team if things break weird. Uh, so I think uh, there's a stink going on in Brooklyn, but there are some stinkier teams in the NBA, so they get a leg up. Okay, here's another fascinating one. Dr. Quinn, just on balance, I'll go to you first. The Chicago Bulls. Unmute. I think they're good enough as a team 
as currently constructed where there's a chance that they're going to make the play-in team or the play-in tournament, but I don't have very much faith in them either. I think that they are very likely going to be a team that's trying to gun for playoff odds by the end of the season. So I'm going to go a little crazy with this and say they're in the tank. They might not think they're in the tank, but I think they're going to finish the season in the tank. Adam? That was exactly my read on it. I think that they're going to start the season trying to be a playoff team, realize they don't have the depth or the high-end talent. This is another year on DeMar DeRozan as well. He's a year older. Vucevic is a year older. No Lonzo. I think they've mismanaged Pat Williams' development throughout his early career. This, to me, seems like it's going to be, um, they're just going to, trade everyone away around February. Somebody's going to pick up. Boston are going to be like, we need another big. Let's put Vooch as the fourth big man and just figure it out. I'm being sarcastic, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and they just blow it up and they're in the tank at the end of the year. Alex? In pretty firm agreement, uh, I think that this Bulls roster is going to look pretty radically different come, I don't know, uh, what's the end of the season? Come April, I, I think this Bulls team is going to be stripped down to the studs. I could see all sorts of dudes getting moved around. And, uh, you know, talking to some Bulls fans, friends of mine recently, I think there's some hope in Chicago that it goes exactly that way because I don't think there's a lot of faith in this team uh, going for it. I'll shout out our colleague, Jack Simone, who is the editor-in-chief of Bulls Wire. Um, it's been a long summer for him cooking up content for the Bulls that isn't, are they going to blow it up? Uh, I'm going to zag just because I'm going to say that the Bulls are going to make the fucking playoffs. Um, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of mediocre teams in the East. I think they have some top-level talent, some intriguing players, and a good coach. They get lucky and win 45 games. I think that could be good enough to make the playoffs in the East. So uh, in reality, I also think that they're going to have a fire sale sooner rather than later. But if they are stubborn and lucky, if you squint, I can see a playoff team in a mediocre Eastern Conference. But I don't feel great about it. Uh, I'll go first on this next one. And I don't think it's that interesting of a proposition. I think that the Charlotte Hornets are a bad team. I don't think they're getting better. Um, their intriguing players don't seem to fit very well for me. They should trade off their veterans and reset. They have a new ownership group coming in. Maybe they'll do something splashy. Uh, we don't have a TBD category anymore, so the Hornets are in the tank. Adam, what say you? They've had a really bad summer, right? Like, it started off well on draft night. They made really good decisions draft-wise. Uh, you can argue whether Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, whether who should have gone where. But their draft picks were quite intelligent. They filled a few pe- a few needs. They got some stash prospects. And then they did absolutely nothing for the rest of it. Um, they allowed, you know, they allowed the Bridges situation to kind of rumble on until he opted into a qualifying offer. PJ Washington took until last week to sign to a deal. All of that to say, new ownership, same mismanagement, same issues. They're, they Three guys could take a jump and they'd still find a way to be at the bottom of the East. Mm-hmm. The the only thing that I'm going to just push back lightly on is I think the Hornets could be marginally healthier than they were last year. Just they they really did get crushed by injuries. And I think that there, you know, there are some guys there that can do stuff like Mark Williams can do some stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm fairly high on LaMelo still, even if I think there are some glaring flaws in his game. Um, I, I'm going to make a like 
a, a health-based RNG, like I think I think they'll be around that five spot just because last year they were really getting absolutely rocked by injuries, but I don't see them having super high upside. And like Steve Clifford seems like a lovely guy. I have not seen much evidence that he's a particularly good NBA head coach. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Just for clarity for listeners, when Alex says the five spot, he means the fifth category isn't bad, but getting better, not the fifth seed in the East. I do not think that the Charlotte Hornets will be the five seed in the East. And I agree with Alex on all of those counts. Uh, I'm a big LaMelo Ball believer, but they need to surround him with some competent talent or any talent at all. Uh, so I don't quite think they're going to be in the tank, but I don't think they're going to be much better than that. And I think it's going to be a very sad year for their fans. Although they, the retro jerseys that either leaked or redebuted look cool. Okay, Adam, we're going to head north to Cleveland, where the plucky Cavaliers are hoping to make it back to the playoffs and also keep Donovan Mitchell happy. Um, what do you think happens with Cleveland this year? I have them as pretenders. I think that they're going to be higher up on the Eastern Conference. There's Evan Mobley can take another jump. Some internal development could really improve them. Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell. I love Darius Garland's game. So there's things that can go well there that could see them make a deep run. But I just think they're one or two guys away from being genuine contenders, especially when you've got the Celtics and Milwaukee sitting around at the top of that. Uh, sorry, top of the conference. Spoiler alert, <laughs> Dr. Quinn. Don't really have too much else to add. Uh, it'll be interesting. They could get better and really move into the contender spot if they can find a solution at small forward that lasts. Uh, I think I'm going to put them in pretenders for now, though. So they are squarely, they might be the only true pretender, in my opinion, but we'll get there. I have them in that same space. I do like the upside of this Cleveland team a lot. And I actually think the Max Struess addition in the offseason was quite smart for them. Um, I think for me, the big questions I have are about uh, the coaching. J.B. Bickerstaff did not have a particularly inspiring playoff run last year. Um, and, you know, I do kind of wonder about the playoff viability of a team built around two guards that are not particularly great defenders in Garland and Mitchell, who are both incredible offensive players and deserving all-star, all-NBA candidates for sure. But you did see them in the postseason get hunted a little bit by the Knicks. And I, I until those questions are resolved, I can't really put them in that contenders category, even if every year Donovan Mitchell manages to surprise me with how much better he gets. Yeah, they're young and athletic enough and they have enough top level talent that they could be a top seed in the East. Like I, I think they could win a ton of games. But to your point, the back court doesn't really fit together well. The front court doesn't really fit together well. So I actually think they're just like a, a nice playoff team. I don't think they're ever going to sniff contention. However, going back to the TBD category that we asked, if the rumbles are true that they would trade Jared Allen, they could quickly like change the geography of what it looks like to play Cavs basketball. And I think in a really positive way, if they can turn Jared Allen into a 
serious playable wing. Um, that's really intriguing to me. So I like watching the Cavs a whole lot, but I don't even think they're pretenders if we're being like really honest about these made up categories. Okay. Alex, you get to go first to talk about Detroit basketball. Detroit basketball. I am bullish on the Detroit Pistons this year. I'm going to say I think that their roster has been quietly getting better. Cade Cunningham was hurt for all of last year. I I am a big Cade guy and always have been. Um, And I think that this roster is primed to take the next step in their development. Um, I think that they are a play-in team this year, and I think they could potentially be a pretty feisty one. I really like a lot of the flexibility that they've developed uh, with their big spot. I know some people were questioning how are they going to make it work with three centers who all have similar play styles in the NBA today. Um, I got news for you, folks. You need three centers in the NBA today, and you need three decent centers uh, I think Cade is a really, really good player. And if he can stay healthy, I have very high hopes for him. Um, and in general, I just feel like Detroit has accumulated enough guys in the room that actually, you know, have a kind of defensive presence that they are going to make life hard on a bunch of teams this year and surprise some people. So I have them as a playing team and potentially a good one. Wow, that's that's pretty spicy. Adam. I like what they've got. Like Wiseman could be a good piece if he figures out some things. You've got um, so you've got Thompson there to look at his name because I always forget which which is the Arman or I was as a yeah. Um, they've got obviously they've got K. They've got multiple guys that you can lean on, but I think that when you're that young and you're still developing an identity as an individual player as well as a collective. It's going to go one of two ways, right? We're all Celtics fans. We've seen a young team make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. We've also seen young teams get blown out in the first round. But I do think that there's a world where Detroit can make it into that playing tournament. Whether they qualify for the postseason through the playing tournament is a completely different question. So I'll have them as playing candidates, but I know that's not really a field, but we'll say in the playing. Yeah, I actually don't have much else to add to that either. Uh you know, I, I like Jaden Ivey as as a guard option for them. I like what they're building, but they still don't quite have a team that is built for the postseason. Uh, never mind getting to the postseason. It remains to be seen whether they keep bogey or trade him off for assets because he also doesn't quite fit the, the arc of age for this team, the developmental arc. Uh, he's closer to my age than most of the people on the team and I'm old. So I, I don't know if there's really a vision, but I can, I can definitely see them making the play in, uh, but they're going to be one of the last teams I think in that, that range, if they do that. Last season, the Detroit Pistons won 17 games and you needed to win 40 games to qualify for the play in tournament. It's a big um, jump. That's a massive, massive jump. And again, I think the East is pretty mediocre. So a lot of teams I think are going to be, at or around 500, but that's just asking a lot of a young team with uh, a core that is intriguing, but like, I, I don't know, complements it, uh, itself very well. I, I think Atlanta is maybe an interesting team. I don't think Detroit is going anywhere that fast. If either one of those teams trades their Bogdanovich, that would be so interesting to me. They're both such good players on the wing. They're, I think they both have some razzle dazzle to their game and like would compliment uh, a wannabe contender so well. So I really hope one of the Bogdanoviches shakes loose whether or not it actually happens. Um, 
so yeah, that's what I think about the Detroit Pistons. Okay, that's around halftime, so we'll move a little quicker as we conquer the rest of the East. And Dr. Quinn, tell us about the Indiana Pacers. Well, they didn't really do all that much in the offseason. They extended Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, They got Obi Toppin from the Knicks. Traded away Chris Duarte. uh, Lost a certain O'Shea Brissett to some amazing team. I can't remember who. Uh, I think they're going to be a play-in team. I think they're going to be one of the better play-in teams. But they still have, you know, they're, they're also a developing team on the upswing. I think they're a couple pieces away and another year of regular season play away from actually getting into the postseason without the playing tournament. When did they extend Miles Turner? Sometime during the regular season, I think, right? I remember right. So at some point he would maybe be trade eligible if it matters? They're not going to trade for him, though. They've been, well, maybe, because that was under Danny's regime that they had an option to trade for him and really did not want to, but maybe they still feel the same. Who knows? I don't know. Anyways, Adam, thoughts on the Pacers? No, I agree with Justin. All I'm going to say on top of that is who doesn't love Tyrese Halliburton? Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, maybe the Italian team after that nice dunk he put on them at the end of regulation. Um, Alex, anything on the Pacers? I'm in on the Pacers this year, guys. I love the Bruce Brown pickup. I love the Obi Toppin pickup. I think that, um, you know, Tyrese is the main story, right? He's always going to be the main story with this Pacers team. But guys, Ben Matherin was showing me some stuff last year (laughs) as a rookie. And I feel really, really good about that guy's development. I think Rick Carlisle is still one of the better coaches in the NBA. Um, And, you know, the Miles Turner thing is always hanging over this team. What are they going to do with Miles Turner? Are they going to trade Miles Turner? Guys, Miles Turner is a perfectly solid starting NBA center. And I feel like he's been kind of unheralded in his role for a little bit now. I like the Pacers as a high seed play in team with a really good chance to actually win those games and make the playoffs. I I suspect probably something like that is true. They're so athletic. They're, they're going to be so fun. I, I think that team is going to be uh, a top league pass team, regardless. Um, uh, Miami. I guess talk about Miami first. A work in progress. Uh, look, you got Jimmy and Bam. You got a really high floor. If they're healthy, you got that in probably the best coach in the Eastern Conference. So Miami is, look, Miami's a real contender. They keep taking spare parts and going to the finals. So. Uh, I could get a galaxy brain and like talk about why that's not the case, but uh, the proof is in the pudding. And as Justin alluded to, whether or not they trade for Dame Lillard, they will turn around and trade for someone else. So not only is Miami, I think a bona fide contender, just like based on recent history, uh, they're also a work in progress uh, and they're probably going to get better, not worse. Adam, what do you think about the heat? I agree. I think it's disingenuous to see them anything other than a contender. I know they got worse this season. Losing Vincent was a big hit. Losing Struess was a big hit. They didn't really add anything. They've been locked into this saga, shall we say, over Dame. But as you said, they take spare parts and turn them into absolute Optimus Prime Transformer level guys. And that to me is just enough to always be concerned about playing against Miami. Yeah, they have to be considered contenders until proven otherwise. I have kept doubting Miami, and it has kept blowing up in my face, and I can't do it anymore. I just can't. Miami is a contender. It's unfortunate, but it's true. I disagree. 
because huh? you said I had to make a choice. And if I can't see the version of the team that we're going to see come after the trade deadline, then I have to say this is not a contender only because another thing that is fairly uh, hard to defeat in the history of the NBA is father time. And this is an aging team. If they turn some of the parts that are older, like uh, Kyle Lowry, for example, into something younger, then yeah, I could definitely see it. But there's just too many aging players on this team and too few parts as they're currently constructed to be more than a pretender. That said, I lost the option of having some nuance here. So I blame you, Alex. Can I just say, um, before this trends in either direction, I've been really high on Nikola uh, Jovic. Is that how we're saying his name? Mm -hmm. um, I, you can go find the receipts. I was reporting back from Celtics Heat playoff games that this guy looks really good in warmups. I know that right now he's having a moment, but I just I got there first as well, and I want to when that blossoms. I was there. Okay, that's what this <laughs> that's what this is all about, right? Adam, uh, tell us about the Bucks. They're contenders. Yeah, we can just leave it there. I mean, I don't know what else you've got, Giannis. At which point, I, I mean, like, look, I'm not super confident that we're going to see um, Middleton. Sorry, re return back to who he was pre-injury. I think that another year on the legs of Brook Lopez is going to be another hit to them as well. But then Milwaukee, Giannis has put them on notice by his comments uh, the other week, where he's like, you know, I want to see you guys match what my efforts and what I'm trying to do. They're going to be motivated. They had a, they got embarrassed, really, if we're being honest, in the playoffs last year. They've got a big point to prove, and they've got the talent to prove that point. So I'm expecting them to have a big year. Justin? I am skeptical, not very skeptical. I am just, just under the level of putting them as a contender, but I'm going to put them as a pretender for now. I wouldn't be surprised if they make more moves, but they have clearly gotten worse as a team. They've gotten older as a team. Uh, their best player and really their engine just had knee surgery and is probably fine, but there's a lot of have to see it things before I can say for sure they are a contender. I would put them roughly in the same likelihood of being a contender as Miami. Uh, they really only need to make one more quality win addition, I think, to really be there. Like they need somebody. I don't trust Middleton, particularly defensively. They need some work. So for me, they're, they're for now they're a pretender. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Alex? Yeah, this team is hard to pin down. Giannis is so good. We all know Giannis is good. He's in the MVP running every single year. I do think the knee thing is a little concerning to me. And this Bucks team just kind of keeps getting older. There's not really any reinforcements coming down the line where you think, oh, this, you know, young talent that the Bucks have waiting in the wings is just primed to take over those spots. Drew Holiday? looked pretty creaky. Chris Middleton looked pretty creaky. Brooke Lopez, pretty stalwart, but limited. I am not loving this offseason for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is incredible. And so by default, 
I am keeping them in the contender tier because when you have a top five player, you are almost always in the contender tier just by default. But I would have them right at the bottom and very much in danger of slipping into that pretender tier if only a couple of things start to change. I think NBA history is whichever team had the best player usually wins the title that spring. So because I'd be honest, they're contenders. Okay, Alex, uh, our representative from New York. What's good with the New York Knicks? I love the Knicks offseason. I think that they did a really good job re-signing Josh Hart. I like the Dante DiVincenzo ad, even though he seems to be a little bit worse than everybody expects him to be in just about everywhere that he goes. Um, I think that this team is really well coached, and I think that they have some moves that they can make that will improve their team further. The big thing for the Knicks is they need to play faster uh, and they need to kind of match Jalen Brunson's uh, speed and intensity, uh, particularly on the defensive end. But I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to how good Josh Hart has looked in FIBA. Mm -hmm. This guy is bringing it. So I have the Knicks in the pretenders tier. I think they're going to be a really tough out in the Eastern Conference playoffs this year. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Adam? No, I completely agree. I think that when Tibbs went to New York, um, he had a little bit of a reputation to rebuild. Uh, I think that he's proven himself as one of the better coaches in the East, if not in the league. Really big fan of Julius Randle and what he does. I I, I agree. I think they're going to be a really tough out this year. As long as the, the one thing that they always kind of fall into is that trap of superstar hunting throughout the year. I think that can become a distraction for guys. Having your name floated in, you know, with, with Celtics covers, we all know what it's like, what players are saying when they're getting their names floated in trade rumors all the time. That could derail them. So maybe avoiding falling into that trap this year, that would be a good idea. I think that would be the only thing that could see them slip out of that pretend, like lower down in that pretenders list. Yeah. Uh, I think that they are going to have Joel Embiid on their team by the trade deadline. So I think they're <laughs> probably going to be <laughs> contenders. But because I don't have any of that nuance, I'm just going to say I agree for now, <laughs> pretenders. You seem bitter, Justin. <laughs> um, it's the Knicks. They're so sneak bitten. I think they're just a regular playoff team. There's no way. Uh, the, the, James Dolan, sell the team, you old, you old bag of bones. Okay. Dr. Quinn, speaking of sell the team, you despicable human beings, the Orlando Magic, uh, you get first bite of the apple. They're really young. They're starting to figure it out. I think that they are squarely a play-in team, but I don't think it's reasonable to expect much more than that. Adam? Completely agree. Who doesn't love Paolo Banquero? Yeah, right. The Italian national team doesn't love Paolo. (laughs) The Italian fans. Same deal. I'm on the Franz train. That guy is good. Pretend uh, they are a playing team for me. <laughs> Pretenders. Um, I guess I already said the Bulls are going to be that surprising playoff team, so I I can't double dip. But that's a team that Justin, you're right. We can't expect more out of them. But like, they could the difference, be a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. The difference of like three or four wins could be enough to be squarely in the playoff hunt. And Orlando is, I think has that kind of variability. So I hope the owners sell the team because I don't like the ownership group in Orlando, but I like the players that play magic basketball right now. Uh, that means I get to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, holy Moses, what a dumpster fire. Uh, by process of elimination, they are contenders because they have a bona fide MVP 
and someone who could be the best player in the playoffs next spring in practicality their playoff team like maybe because their general manager seems like he's not as smart as we once thought he was their second best player might not be on the team and their supporting cast was always inadequate so uh curse of brett brown they shouldn't have gotten rid of brett brown i think that the philadelphia 76ers are a bunch of suckers i just made a new category adam they, I want to go with the same kind of category that we did with Chicago, where they start off the season as like, you know, in the playoffs, maybe a pretender, and then by the trade deadline, they're firmly in the tank. <laughs> tank, wow, yeah. I mean, if what I suggested happens, then uh, I think so. So I'll split the difference, and I will use this new category. What are we calling them? Again? Suckers. Suckers. They are suckers. 3.5. Yeah. Alex? I'm the Sixers hurt my brain, guys. I just I don't know how this team is still what it is. It's just baffling to me. Um yeah, I think there's they're in the 3.5. That seems about right. Like playoff club that is dangerously close to being a play-in or a worse team. I mean and Bede will churn out some wins for sure, but like this is not a good team and this is not a real contender. I just don't buy it. Yeah, free Maxi. Get him in get him in Portland. Like let him spread his wings. Okay. Uh we have a few more teams in the East. And let's uh we'll do it quick, but then away we'll go. Adam, tell us about Toronto. Bad, but could get better, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't really see them as a big threat now. I think that Siakam probably wants to be moved or will want to be moved, same as OG. They're in that weird position now, right, where they're straddling, rebuilding, and contending, and that never works out well for anybody. It's just really difficult to finesse that. So I don't know where to put them at 3.5, as um, Alex would say, that 3.5 range probably seems fair. Maybe even the 4.5 range. Um, I'm not high on Toronto this year at all. Sorry, Justin, I made the, the math more difficult. Uh, Alex, what do you think about the Raptors? Uh, as J. Robert Oppenheimer said, it is time to blow this sucker up. I do not believe in this Raptors team at all. I do not think they are headed for good things this year. Um, I, You know, I think Nick Nurse churned as much as he possibly could have out of this roster. And the result was still a middling play-in team. And this team is worse than that team. They lost Fred Van Vliet, who's the only guy who knows how to actually bring the ball up and score and like do really anything on that end of the court. Um, I don't, I, mean, I think Scotty Barnes will be a good player eventually. I don't think he's ready to be a full-time starting point guard. And I think they're going to be trading dudes left and right come the deadline. There are six. They're all the way in the tank by the end of the season. I'm calling it now. Dr. Quinn. Well, you know, I, I actually disagree because I have seen their new point guard bring the ball up the court and it infuriates me when he does it because he rolls it up the goddamn court when there's no need to do it. Uh, but good on them for giving Dennis Schroeder some of that bag back that he finally lost. Uh, that might be their best accomplishment this season. I think they are going to be a five only because I don't think they're going to believe they should be in the tank when they are going to end up in the tank, which of course will make them just beyond tanking range. I kind of think Toronto is a great Joel Embiid team. So 
Uh, I think that they're a playing team because there's enough talent just like hanging around in a mediocre East. But uh, I like sort of don't know why they couldn't try to do the same thing they did with Kawhi again with a guy like Embiid who um, going back to like the conversation about international guys might not care as much about playing in a different country um, as an American born player might. Um, But otherwise I don't think the Toronto Raptors are that good. Speaking of teams that are not that good, Adam, we'll let you go first again, because you're a guest. Um, the, what, what an esteem to talk about the Washington Wizards, huh? Uh, Adam, what's good with the Washington Wizards? What's, I mean, Jordan Paul could be good. He could be really bad, too. <laughs> uh, I think, the, honestly, I think the Wizards have scope to surprise some people. I think they've got some talent there. I also think they've got enough scope to be probably the worst team in the East. There's so much like variance in what we could see from Washington. I have them in the tank. I think that they want to be in the tank. It makes sense for them. They've got some young guys that they're trying to build around. Kuzma's clearly going to be their most well-rounded, probably most talented guy. And if the best guy on your roster is Carl Kuzma, no shade at the Drip King, then I don't really have <laughs> too much um, faith in you having a big season. Alex? Um, this is the worst team in the NBA. Oh, yeah, you're probably right about that, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dr. Quinn? I tried to be so nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're finally picking a direction which should be commended Uh I think they are not going to be the worst team in the NBA only by virtue of the Western Conference being such a monster of a team that if you want to tank, the Western Conference is the tanking conference, not in terms of what's there, but in terms of what will happen to you if you choose to tank. Uh, As we have hinted, the East is not going to be quite so bad. So even though they will be in the tank, I don't think they will have the worst record in the league. But kudos for them for finally figuring out what they want to do with this roster. Yeah, a couple seasons too late. I also think that they're in the tank, Justin, for your bookkeeping. Um, I do like Ty Jones quite a bit, and I'm rooting for Mike Muscala and Celtics legend Danilo Gallinari. However, I just don't really see... Uh, I, I do wonder if that's a team that could get itchy and make it a splash for no good reason, but doubt it. Okay, um, as uh, the Bothans calculate the tallies so we can review what we came up with, Adam... Last year, uh, you get to cover a game in person. I don't know if you had done that before. So first of all, had you done that before? No, I hadn't, no. Um, so uh, quickly, on your way out the door, tell us, just because we haven't asked you, what were some of your takeaway experiences, either being at a Celtics game or getting to cover one? Yeah, so I remember speaking with you for a while down on the sidelines, actually. I don't know if you remember that. Um yeah. It was dope, man. Everyone was super friendly. Like, um, so many people come up to me because they recognized me from social media. Like, that was like, and I'm, I'm talking about media members, not fans in the state. I'm not saying I'm <laughs> like just you know, like John Corrales recognized me, um, Sam Packard recognized just people that you've interacted with on podcasts and stuff. So that was really dope meeting everybody in real life. The 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 podcast I hope like I'm part of, um, Green with Envy, the two guys in the front that I do that with live in Texas, but they're from Boston. So they actually flew, but flew into Boston from Texas to meet up with me, which I thought like, not, I don't know many people that would fly halfway across the country just to meet up with somebody. So I thought that was super dope. Uh, Boston's a cool city, man. I'm aiming to be back there at least once this season. 
maybe twice. Uh, and then obviously the whole situation. It went by too quickly, right? The only upside was it was the LeBron James meltdown game with the Pat Bev still in the camera. So it was like it was a really good one to get a first start. All right, cool. I'm glad. Yeah, uh, that was that was cool to to meet. I mean, the the community, the people who cover the Celtics are by and large pretty nice people. Um, Everyone's awesome. As Adam alluded to, you might know him from Celtics blog. You might know him from Heavy on Sports. You might know him from the Green with Envy podcast. You might also know him from USA Today SMG. How about that? All right, Dr. Quinn, uh, what were the scores? So the way we came up with this, uh, I'm a little surprised that, you know, Miami made it in, but I trust y'all's judgment. We have for contenders, Boston, Miami, and Milwaukee. For pretenders, New York and Cleveland. Uh, Atlanta, squarely the sole playoff uh, team out there because we have determined that the Philadelphia 76ers are suckers. Uh, Orlando, Brooklyn, uh, Indiana and Detroit are play-in teams. Toronto is bad but could get better. The Chicago Bulls and Charlotte Hornets, along with the Washington Wizards, are in the tank. That honestly wow. seems about right. <laughs> Chicago even got a score boost because I I took a risk on them and they still ended up in the tank. How about that? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there it is. You don't need to watch the next season because we just figured it out. For y'all, we'll see you in the spring when the playoffs roll around. Until then, this episode of the Celtics Lab Podcast was brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, and AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. We've been talking to Adam Taylor. We, uh, Justin? I was just going to say, do we have anything we want to plug? Oh, oh, that's what that sign meant. Um, I thought I read something wrong. I was so proud of myself for that read. Um, Adam, if you start, what do you want to plug? You got one thing. Just follow me on social media at Adam Taylor NBA on any of your social platforms. Oh, to have a last name that people can smell. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, Alex, anything? You, you got one thing to plug? I have one thing to plug. It's the same thing I always plug. Divine Sweater, the band. If you like the intro music at the top of this podcast, that's my band, Divine Sweater. Uh, we are playing a bunch of shows coming up in uh, September, October, and November, uh, particularly if you are a Brooklyn or New York-based listener, Baby's All Right, October 6th, come through. Follow us on all social media and streaming platforms. Oh, that's, an, that's a second plug. That's, that's against the rules. Justin, one thing to plug. Well, astute listeners of this podcast probably are aware that on the Celtics Wire, you can find a little bit of text and of most articles, but not all articles, to find this podcast. On some articles, you may have noticed another podcast, that is the aforementioned Green with Envy podcast. That is Adam's podcast. Please check it out if you have not already. Nice. I thought you were going to talk about the thing that we were talking about earlier today, about reading Celtics Wire articles more carefully. Um, I'll plug the uh, the iTunes review section or whatever. Like and subscribe our podcast. It helps us grow. It helps us do this. Um, it also helps that we get to partner with the lovely people at FanDuel and AG1. Adam, thanks for stopping by. And uh, maybe I'll see you this season. How about that? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do it sometime soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Check out the things that we plugged. And adios. We'll see you later.